Hey, it's Jason with the Marketing Podcast Network. As a business-to-business marketer, your needs are unique. B2B buying cycles are long and your customers face incredibly complex decisions. Isn't it time you had a marketing platform built specifically for you? LinkedIn ads empower marketers with solutions for you and your customers. LinkedIn ads allow you to build the right relationships, drive results, and reach your customers in a respectful environment. On LinkedIn, you'll have direct access to and build relationships with decision makers. Of the 875 million users on the network, 180 million are senior-level executives, 10 million are C-level executives. You will also be able to drive results with targeting and measurement tools built specifically for B2B, and they work. Audiences exposed to brand messages on LinkedIn are six times more likely to convert. LinkedIn Ads is also ranked number one for security, community, and ad experience as part of Business Insider's Digital Trust Study. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash MPN and claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply. Search engine optimization can be confusing, but your business can benefit from it regardless of what you do. SEMrush, an all-in-one digital marketing suite, can cover key SEO activities, including tracking your competitors' keyword strategies, improving search rankings, and much more. Why choose multiple solutions when you can use just one? Start your free trial today and get on top. Go to bit.ly slash SEMrushMPN. That's B-I-T dot L-Y bit.ly slash SEMrushMPN. That's what the charging is for. Not to be a guest, but for promotion. First of all, that's the first time I've ever heard that. You're listening to the business of podcasting. And on this show, we focus on the money side of podcasting. Some of the top industry experts come on the show to tell us how they have monetized their shows. This means you get access to real stories and real life strategies that have benefited podcasters for the last 10 to 15 years. You also get access to solo content where you learn how to monetize your own show and you learn really in-depth strategies to make money from your podcast. So if you want to monetize your podcast, subscribe now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm super excited to have Dave Jackson on the show again from Lipson from the School of Podcasting. If you want to launch a show, you want to learn more about how to build a podcast and really all the nuts and bolts and the real secrets of it. I can tell you Dave Jackson is that person that will teach you. He'll help you a lot with that. Go and check out School of Podcasting. Dave, welcome to the show. Oh, dude, thanks so much for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, always happy to uh, to hang out with you and have a fun discussion. Uh, actually, I send people to you all the time when they have those beginner like technical questions and stuff like that. I say, go to the School of Podcasting because <laughs> I, I have to be honest and say that's not my field of expertise. I can admit that. You're a lot better at that part than I am. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's always interesting just seeing because one person will show up and they just want to talk about whatever they want to talk. They could care less about making money. And then you have the other person that's the entrepreneur that's trying to figure out this and that. So it's it's always fun seeing uh, the different people that that come in. And, and I actually just interviewed a guy. And this is the part that gets me. He's uh, he's he's fought in two wars. He's a he's a pilot. Oh, wow. Um, he, he's a keynote speaker. And he's written a book. So, you know, he's, this guy has courage and the ability to, you know, put thoughts together. And I literally had not so much kicking and screaming, but getting him to start a podcast. I was like, dude, what's like you, cause he'd tell me a story. I'm like, dude, that's, that's episode one right there. Man, that's incredible content. If you've been in two wars, if you've been a, a veteran, yeah. anything like that, you probably have some crazy stories to tell that people want to hear. Yeah. And it was, it's called lessons from the cockpit, but it, it took me man, a while 
to to get him going. And so it's always interesting because I, I don't think it matters who you are, your background. I think the biggest thing is not the technology, although that's something it's like, you know, what's the best microphone for under a hundred bucks? Samson Q2U done. Okay. Now what's next, you know? <laughs> and it, but it's, it's when it comes time to hit record and the whole, you know, is anybody going to listen to me? Why does anybody think this is, you know, that it's the battle inside that I think mm. I have to, uh, I need to go take a, you know, get a degree in psychology. I think. To, <laughs> yeah. The mindset this. part is, is, is super hard. Um, yeah. Just getting people to kind of understand, even the people that want to make money, I always tell them, you know, it's, it's a process to that. You don't just jump into it. And, you know, if you just started a business in January, do you expect to be making enough to quit your day job by March? Probably not. So you shouldn't expect that with your podcast. It's kind of a patience game that you really have to explain to people. Well, the other thing, I just realized the one day I was like, Netflix knows exactly what you watch, who your favorite actors are, how long you watch, etc. And yet Netflix still cancels shows. They mm. do, right? They'll have a season of one and then never a season two. And I was like, that's weird because they know exactly what we want. They've got the data. And that's where I kind of go. There are sometimes there's this thing called luck and timing that mm. come into play. You know, I was just in Nashville and there are a ton of super talented musicians that are bartenders and assistants and, you know, Uber drivers and whatever, you know, because the timing isn't right or maybe the luck isn't right or whatever. But uh, I was just thinking about that the one day because I, I think I was on Netflix or, you know, insert streaming service here. And I just remember clicking around going, I don't really see anything to watch. And I was like, that's that's interesting. And then the one thing that I wanted to watch, like they did one season and that was it. It was one and done. And I was like, Oh, well, all right. So, oh man. That is so frustrating when your favorite show is going after one. Yeah. I hate like, that. Wait, I really do. <laughs> you got me sucked in and then what? Like what? Yeah. So. Yeah. So to, one thing I wanted to get into today was kind of the, the field of software in the podcast world, because as you know, it's so many, um, I had a company from France that has a hosting platform reach out to me on LinkedIn to review their platform and everything. And they wanted me to launch a show on there. And that wasn't the first. It's been many companies, I think in the past, like two and a half years, maybe. Um, so what are some of the software tools you've seen recently that you might like? What are some that you're like, wow, this one is really good. Well, I've used SpeakPipe for, for years. They were one of the original places that if you wanted to put a button on your website for people to, leave a message because a lot of times podcasting is just a time shifted conversation and you would say something to people, but there was an easy way for them to come. And uh, they created a, an app. So if you're on your website, you could click. And if you had a microphone, you could leave a message. And then uh, they, I think it's now mobile friendly. So that's, that's one that's been around for a while and they've kind of been updating things a little bit. And then uh, it's interesting because if you think about it, a really good idea does not usually come out like right out of the box. Somebody's like, Hey, we should do this. And people are like, that's genius. It's usually like, Hey, we should do this. And then somebody else will go, Hey, you know, it'd be cool if it did this. And somebody else goes, Oh, but what if it did this too? And then you're like, Oh, that's now that's cool. And so I just found pod, I think it's pod inbox and it's basically speak pipe, but he's tied in monetization into it. Mm. So like when you go to leave a message, you don't have to, to, you know, leave any money, you'd still free to leave a message. But if you want to, you, while you're here, you know, you can leave me five, 10 or 20. And I think you get to set the, uh, the dollar amounts. And then he gamified it. 
So like you can have like a leaderboard and I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. So mm. it's one of those things that I look at and I started using it. I was like, all right, I want to play with this now and, and see what it's like. And then, you know, there are other things I know somebody had, I think it's Telby, T-E-L-B-E-E.io, if I remember right. And their whole thing was, you know, you can, you can click a button and leave a message for the podcaster and then it gets transcribed. And I was like, Ooh. okay, that's kind of cool makes it easy for your show notes. So um, there are a few out there that are, are pretty handy. The, the one thing, the big one that everybody talks about is media host. And I actually did an episode on this. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, of course he's going to bring that up because he works for Libsyn. No, and, and here's <laughs> the point is I think people think the media host will get the more downloads. And I use the analogy. I said, if I take a Corvette and I take it to a runway in Texas, so it's this big flat piece of runway and I take my car out and it goes 190 miles an hour. Maybe it goes 215, whatever. It's a Corvette. Then I take that same car and I go to Arizona and it's on a flat runway at the airport. It's still going to go 250 miles an hour. It's like the location doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Uh, yeah, they have different features and things like that, but the download numbers in theory should not change. Now, if you go to something that's like SoundCloud where you can buy 5,000 plays for five bucks and get a bunch of robots to listen to your show. That's a whole different story, but <laughs> that's the one I see people in, in Facebook groups are like, oh, I'm not getting enough downloads. I think I'll switch media hosts. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's not really gonna, you know, a bad show is a bad show is a bad show, or you, it might be a good show. You're just not promoting it. Right. So uh, think- that's an, yeah, I think that's what will kind of mess people up. They believe that, oh, well, there's going to be more people over here that use Lipson or Spreaker or whatever. So right. I'm going to put my show over there. And because there's more people using it, I'm going to get more listeners organically. Um, I, I agree with what you said. It's about the promotion. I don't think that most podcasters are focused on promotion enough. And speaking of promotion, have you seen any software tools where you're like, wow, this is going to help a podcaster promote their show more? My, I remember when uh, audiograms were the, the everybody was like, look, it's audiograms. And everybody's like, oh, it is oh, audiograms. Man. This is this is what we've been waiting for. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know about that. And the thing that drives me nuts is there's nowhere in the audiogram, unless you do it manually, to like track how many people clicked on this thing. Because like I spent, what I hate to see is somebody will, let's say they got a, a, a 40 minute interview. So they got done, they got it edited. They'll go back and they'll listen to the 40 minute interview again, looking for that golden nugget where the guest says, blah, blah, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, that's it. That's the oh, thing. Man. So they turn, they turn, it took them 38 minutes to find it. They oh. turn that around and make it into an audiogram. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't know if that works. And I've heard at least three now kind of marketing gurus that are, or in social media people go, yeah, we don't do those anymore. And I've always said, you know, it's cool to have the little clip of the guest if you're doing interviews, but it's your audience and your audience has a relationship with you. So instead of spending 40 minutes finding the perfect little pull quote, why don't you just say, hey, this week we're talking with so-and-so about such and such. You're not going to believe what he did with so-and-so, you know, wait till you hear what she said about such and such. That's it. That took 10 seconds. Yeah, Mike, if you want to use an audiogram, because I, I pulled my audience once and they said, well, it kind of makes you, it's kind of cool in a branding as, aspect because not everybody does them. But I was like, yeah, but in the end of does it grow my audience? And I think one of the things 
with a tool like that is, and I see this so many times, episode 15 is out. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't make me want to click it. Like, even <laughs> if I know what your podcast is, and we need to look at social media in a way that, because people are like, man, I, I need to hire somebody to promote my my show. That's what I need. I need like some sort of street team. And I'm like, you have a street team. They're, they're, they're called your audience. And so instead of saying, you know, episode 22 is out of the blah, blah, blah show. Why don't you say, do you know somebody who likes yada, yada? Uh, share it with them that we talk about it in this episode. So look at your, the people that are following you on social, they know you. So mm. telling them episode 16 is out, they probably already know. Cause if you're good, they've already subscribed or followed your show. And what you I, need to. I like that tip. And I want to add on to that. What yeah. you said about SpeakPipe earlier with when people can submit questions, I think it would be a good idea. Literally every podcast could do this, especially sports shows when people want to give their opinions. You can have your mm. audience ask questions and then you use that as the audiogram, right? So if you're going to if you're making an episode about email marketing and they're like, I don't know what lead magnet I should use on your next episode, it's going to be the top five lead magnets. And then you literally use their question to promote the episode. Now, everybody else that has that question, you've kind of got their attention. Um, that makes me think of Perry Marshall and uh, Shotgun Marketing because you yeah. kind of get people to raise their hand. That's what you want with your podcast. I think we kind of have to get out of this. We make it more complicated than it is. Like if you just focus on connecting with the people and give them what they want, it's pretty easy. That's it. I would say the the analogy of, you know, if you've ever worked someplace and they go, hey, we're doing Secret Santa this year. And you're like, ah, and they're like, all right, minimum $20 purchase, no more than 40, no gift cards. And you're like, wait, no gift cards? And then <laughs> you you pull the name out. And you're like, man, I got Harold in accounting. I, I couldn't. You know, I don't even know what he looks like. And so what do you do? You go to somebody in accounting like, hey, don't tell him, but I got Harold for the secret Santa. And they're like, oh, dude, he loves the Tennessee Titans. You're like, cool. So you go to the website, buy a Tennessee Titan jersey, package it up, and you give it to Harold. And Harold is like, can you be my secret Santa like every year? Because <laughs> you gave him something he wanted. So it, it's really a matter of figuring out who your audience is, what do they want, and then give it to them. And then uh, – you know, with the social thing, you want the people on social. Yeah, they already know, like you've already got them. You, you've converted them. They're following you. You need to give them material to tell the people that are following them. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, mm. it's, we want the people, it's, it's like two layers from us. There's us, the people that follow us on social, and then the people that follow the people that follow you. And you want them to tell the people that are following them, hey, I just heard this great podcast go listen to this guy. And I think too many times we are focused too much on the people that are already following us. And if we've been doing a good job, I don't know that, you know, episode 16, yeah, that lets them know to go to their phone and look. But if we said, hey, do you know anybody that would like this? And they turn around and share that, that's going to help grow your numbers. Yeah, because that's so much more specific um, and I think that's how all episodes should be, even when it comes down to the title. Like, I want you to be able to search on the same thing you would search on Google. I want my title to look like that to you. If you are looking for a book review, I do book reviews on the personal branding playbook now on my other shows. And I literally want that segment that that those episodes to be something where people are like, I'm thinking about buying this book. Let me go and listen to this podcast episode first. Like, that's the goal of that. Um, so I, I love that approach to it. Um, now, oh, go ahead. Well, and you've got it right on the nail on the head. If you're an entrepreneur and you, you've got your own little side hustle going on, 
you're always going to get those five questions that you answer every day. You fire up your Gmail and there they are. Those are the first five episodes of your podcast. Because mm. that way, when somebody says, hey, Dave, what's the best microphone under 100 bucks? I can I can answer the question. Go, it's a Samson Q2U. I did an episode about it here. And you give them the link. So you still answer the question, but you give them the link to where you answer that question. And while they're there, they're like, oh, wow, here's these other four questions that I was going to ask. And now they answer those. You get that they get them answered from your podcast. And so when they do come back to you, because, hey, you've just given them a bunch of value when they come back, you don't have to do the one on one stuff any as much. I should say I don't want to say any more, but yeah. as much. And they're ready to, to rock and roll now because you've answered all the easy questions. And as an advanced thing, and this is what I'm doing now. I will take the videos of my book reviews and then put them on the books page on Amazon. So now that's like advanced stuff right there, man. That's a good move right there. <laughs> you expand the reach. And then it's funny because now I have authors reaching out nonstop, like all the time and people will send me their books and try to, I'm like, wait, I need more time to read the book. For this book to yeah. interview. Um, but this is something I wanted to ask you about. Cause now that I have authors lining up, and I've created this kind of series on the show. It's never going anywhere because I love to read these books. How do you feel about the host charging certain guests for promotion of their episode? Run that by me again. So to be on the show, they're charging or now that it's done, you came on for free. Mm -hmm. But if you want me to promote it, you have to. Pay That's me. where because if, if we're doing, let's say, an extensive promotion, if I'm promoting your book, the course that comes with the book your podcast, your YouTube channel, if I'm promoting you all over the place to my multiple audiences, you know, I have email lists, thousands of people, Instagram, all of that stuff, Twitter. If I'm promoting you that heavily on all these platforms to sell your book, obviously, that's what the charging is for. Not to be a guest, but for promotion. First of all, that's the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> uh, um, that's interesting. The The other thing, if I'm a author, I can see everybody telling you, well, just sign up for Amazon Associates so you can, you know, take a bath in their awesome 2% commission or whatever it is. <laughs> it's not much. Everybody's like, oh, cool. A great way to make money. It is a great way to make money. It's because you don't have to do anything, but you're not retiring on Amazon affiliates unless you yeah. got a huge audience. I could also see your guests saying, yeah, but shouldn't you be promoting your show anyway? True, so I can true. see that side of it. But on the other hand, I can now say... Hey, you know what? If you're promoting me and I've got a budget, thanks for having me on the show. Because there are people that are paying a lot of money to uh, different companies that in theory connect you with the right podcaster that I'm not quite so sure that's entirely accurate. At all. Uh, I, get a, I get a lot of bad pitches. A lot of bad pitches. Um, every day. Every day. Yeah. I had somebody say, you, just, you should start a podcast and just basically like the podcast whistleblower and just like, <laughs> Hey, today we're spotlighting the blah, blah, blah publishing who, you know, pitched their, their author to come on my show. I don't do interviews, you know, that kind of thing. Um, like anything else, throw it out there, see if it works. If you, you know, upset too many people, how dare you try to charge me? I gave you great value then don't do it. And if you got other people like, Oh, how much is it? Oh, here. Yeah. Thanks so much. Then, then do it. It's different. I, it's the first time I've heard that I've heard people charging people just to be on the show. And I get that because that's supply and demand. And if you just, you're tired of, if you can send people to a page that says here, pay here to be on the show, just realize you have to associate that with 
the I want to say TLC, and that's a music group. Um, SBC <laughs> something. There's some sort of government group that you have yeah. to disclose. It's a contract making... and everything you have to fill out for that because you yeah. want it to be um, like if you if they pay you, then you have to like say this is what they're getting you for that disclose. payment. Yeah, um, and, and that's kind of where it came from. Is me receiving so many pitches so often from honestly a lot of authors, people that have written their first book mm. or their third book, they have one coming out on Amazon in a couple months and they're trying to promote it. And I'm not mad at it, but it's like, right. they want to jump the line all, all interviews I have set up and they want to be on my show because of wherever it's ranked. And I know the guesting platform that reached out to me for you, you paid them a thousand, 2000 bucks. So if I just tell you, Hey, it's going to be, you know, a couple hundred bucks for me to promote you heavily to my audience. You don't really think you should have a problem with that because you're paying thousands a month already to be a guest on these podcasts. Yeah, I, I like the way you describe that uh, of jumping to the line because then that's what you're paying for. I mean, people do that at Disney, the uh, the what used to be the Fast Pass. I think they just changed the name of it, but it's like you this much money to get in in line, and then if you want to kind of jump up a bit, it's you know this much more. So, and if you don't want to pay that, that's fine. Just wait in line. I'll get to you eventually. Yeah, so and, that has and, a little cooler ring to it. Yeah, and I think the approach of it for me is different because I'm not saying you're paying to be on my show. I don't think that that really works. Like, it wouldn't make sense unless you have a, you know, we obviously know your show is top 10. Like, if Joe Rogan started charging people to be on the show, the line would be out the door still. Um, so for me, it's very clear. I'm, I'm always explaining, you can be on the show, but you, will, I won't be able to promote you the way I will if you pay the fee, if you pay the fee, then you can get the promotion. Then you get jumped in line. Like if your book is coming out on the 1st of April, I can make sure that our episode comes out before that. So people can go and pre-order. Right. So it's kind of a different approach than just saying, Hey, pay for this. Yeah. And that's the same way with any kind of time-based service. If you think about it, if you're an audio editor, an audio editor, many of them, if you're like, Hey, I know it's normally a you know, a uh, 48 to 72 hour turnaround time. I need this in 24 hours. That editor many times is going to go, Oh, I can do that, but there's a fee associated with it. Yep. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like, Hey, if you want to jump the line, that's cool. We can do that. We can, you know, um, honor your request, but it's, there's the different, different type of value, right? You've, you've now made it, uh, um, more time sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I think that podcasters, do so much in terms of recording and production and editing and the planning like podcast hosts do a lot of work and most hosts are solo they're not on networks and they don't have a team of editors and so i think if you're solo you got to find your way you know can can i ask a question i know i'm on this side of the mic i don't but <laughs> yeah, this is gonna, this is something i want to ask because you brought up networks do you know of anybody, this is going to be my question. I'm going to start throwing out in the potosphere because I hear everybody talk about networks. I, maybe I need to join a network. Do we know anybody that was a small show and then joined a network and blew up? Because I'm like, Ooh. most networks don't go after small shows. You've kind of, it's almost like a manager. You usually don't get a manager until you have something to manage. <laughs> and everybody's like, I don't know, maybe I should join a network. And I was like, I think most networks choose a show because they're already popular and they're like, Hey, we can, we can throw gasoline on the fire that you already started on yourself. Mm. But I, I just, I hear so many people bring up networks and I'm like, I'm not sure that's the, you know, you, you know what, you're uh, right that it has not happened, but I, I know why it's because 
when it comes to marketing, the networks don't do it correctly. And this is something I'm literally mm-hmm. working on right now, where you you basically have to look at a podcast network now as a record label, right? So when you sign that host to a network, they're part of your label now. So what do record labels do for their artists? They pay for their marketing. They pay for distribution. They pay for studio time. So you have to invest in the podcast host. That means getting them on bigger platforms. That means getting them higher quality guests. That means running some ads for them. You know, even one thing I'm working on one of my, um, the podcasts on my network is we're working on products. So now uh, look at Barstool Sports. You know, they have beer and stuff and all kinds of things like that. I think more networks could be successful if they took that route. And looking at every podcast host as an artist on a record label, because when you look at it that way, it's very clear what you have to do. You have to promote the artist. So now we got to promote the podcast host. Um, And there are a ton of different ways to do that. I'm just getting the money to do it. (laughs) Yeah. After you get the money, I think it's going to be, you know, about five grand. The plan I have laid out and I know it works because I did it for myself. Now I just want to do it for this podcast host in the span of three months, because I know in that span of three months, pouring that money in the right way. Because, you know, like you said, there are some podcasts where you can pay a fee to be a guest. So if I have a host that's in, let's just say, the sports world, and I pay for, I spend, let's say, three grand getting them on other podcasts to be a guest, and they go on five or six shows. All Each time they go on a the show, their profile boosts, which means their show is going to do better. So I think the networks just don't invest in the host as if they're artists. That's kind of my take on it. There you go, my friend. I like that take. Well done. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll put, I'll put on my guest hat back on, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's something that can be adjusted because most networks, I have networks coming to me all the time trying to get my shows. And I'm always like, what's the value? Like if I join your network, how do I benefit as a podcaster? And they just tell me revenue splits. And I'm like, well, I get sponsors and brand deals myself. So yeah. what's the value? And they can never answer that question. It's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I always say find somebody on the network, and say what were your numbers before, and what were your numbers after joining. Like again, what's the value, you know? So yeah, I'm with you on that. So so let, I want to go back to the software thing. Um, sure. Just to kind of finish it up, one of my favorite tools right now is Guestio by uh, Travis Chapel. Um, I love it just because, you know, guesting platform where people can come on there and find guests. You can find shows. There are a ton of other tools out there that do this, but that's one of my favorites. What's one of your favorite software tools you're using right now, other than the ones you mentioned earlier? Uh, I like Ubersuggest. Um, That's from Neil Patel. It's an SEO tool. Um, Hmm. I live and die by Evernote. Um, I know a lot of people got really upset because they kind of changed their interface and they're kind of they're adding more features to Evernote. Like now it's your task manager. And I'm like, I don't really need a task manager. I got got one already, but I love Evernote because I've learned that when you have that idea and you're like, Oh, that would be a good episode. And you're like, I'll have to write that down later. And I've learned so many times that if you don't write it down now, it's, you're not going to remember it. So I love Evernote. I'm trying to think of what else I use. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I had an idea of something kind of like Evernote, but literally just for the podcast space. Like where when you like you said, you get that idea and you want to write it down where you could just click a button and it opens up the idea form. And then you write down the title you were thinking of and then some notes on it and then maybe even a call to action for that specific episode. That, that's kind of where I want to take it is I see it as because podcasting is becoming so mainstream. 
I see it as we got to have more tools that are specifically designed for podcasters to be successful. Yeah, Mark Asquith over at Captivate just rolled out a tool very similar to what you just mentioned, where he has a, um, I want to say plugin, but an extension for a browser. And you can go over and when you see a, a link or whatever, you can basically copy that or, or somehow flag it and it goes into Captivate. And then later when you do your show notes, you say, here's all my research. Like, here's the links that I use to build this episode on. And boom, there they are. And I was like, that's pretty slick. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I, I also kind of kind of went, why didn't anybody else come up with that? That's a pretty brilliant idea. Um, so I think uh, most people that, are caught I up. I think that's it. Most people are caught yeah. up on the, I want to do the same thing that's going to be the most profitable which is the whole guest host platform thing we were talking about. Like that's kind of like the main one that's popular because you know that people are willing to pay to be a guest on podcast. It's like, that's the most popular one. So everybody wants to create something of that sort. Um, I, I just think there is a lot more opportunity for other things out there because I, I still think podcasting is young. If you compare it to the YouTube channels, we still got a long way to grow, you know? What? Well, I- I just started playing with Audrey. It's A-U-D-R-Y dot I-O. And it's another kind of gasting platform. You can use it for that, but they were really trying to make it easy for podcasters to collaborate. It's more like a, hey, let's not so much a network, but let's make a cross-promotional team. Let's find four or five people that are doing the same subject and let's come up with a way to collaborate and either share interviews or this week we're going to talk about Nancy's show. And then next week, the five of us are going to talk about Steve's show. And we'll all just kind of focus our promotional light on these these things. And they just added the ability to sell sponsors in your show. And they act as kind of uh, this middleman where, you know, you, whoever is buying the ad puts the money into Audrey. And then once the ad is done and in the books, they release the money. So you don't have to worry about giving somebody money and then they never do your ad. And that's interesting because I I see a lot of people wanting to do that. We're like, Hey, I'm going to advertise on Facebook. I'm going to, you know, there's overcast. There's, I think uh, Spotify, you have to spend a minimum of 250 bucks yeah. to advertise and things like that. So this might be a way to go in and, you know, buy an episode or two on a, a, a smaller show but it's the right audience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's interesting because, uh, you know, when you have a smaller audience, you're not going to charge as much unless you're hyper, hyper, hyper niche. So that was the one that was like, oh, here's somebody that's doing something a little different, a little bit to the point where they they kind of look like they're just throwing things on the wall. Like, hey, <laughs> like we're collaborators. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you can use this as a guest platform. Oh, and now you can sell stuff. But I interviewed the the one of the co-founders and uh, they're trying a couple of things over there. And that was when I was like, OK, well, this is different. This is a little different than the other ones. And I know you mentioned uh, Guestio. Travis has a thing set up where you can charge people. So it's it's again going back to that idea of like, OK, here's a good idea. And then somebody goes, yeah, but what if we did this with it? And then somebody else goes, yeah, but what if we did this? So it's kind of fun watching the the different Expansion. ideas. Yeah. I, I like seeing them expand. Um, and I, I've tried Audrey as well. I like it. Um, and I think it's good to promote on smaller shows like that because the audience is so focused. Um, and yeah. then that expands your reach. And I like to use touch points. You know, you may not subscribe to my show the first time you see the logo or the second time you hear it mentioned, 
but eventually it's going to catch on. You're going to see that same logo, hear the name over and over again, and it's going to have some kind of impact. Um, and you never know how long it takes. I was amazed. I, uh, I just got back from Nashville and I hadn't been there in years because of COVID. And I met this woman and she was like, you probably don't remember me. Uh, she's like, but I, I always tell people to, to go to you and I don't have a podcast yet. She was Kenny Rogers assistant. And the minute wow. she said that, I was like, I remember you we were trying to get Kenny to make a podcast. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, she goes, we couldn't do it. And of course he's gone. Rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. But I had no idea that, you know, I had, I don't know, a 45 minute conversation with her at a, like a meet and greet thing. And so here I had planted the seed. Meanwhile, this thing is, you know, growing and growing and growing. I had no idea. So I, I love the fact, like you said, you, you show up on a, a smaller show or just, just get your brand out there and you have no idea the effect that's going on with that until later. I love it, man. I, I just, I love the growth that we're seeing in podcasting overall. It's kind of evolving on its own. And I think part of that is we're going to see some of the same tools. We're going to see a lot of repetition, a lot of competition, but that's part of why I love capitalism, man. I want to see people compete and see businesses try to outdo each other, you know, cause that's how we get the best as customers, as podcasters, as content creators, you know? Um, so before we go, any advice you want to give to the podcaster out there that's trying to grow their show specifically on, you know, we talked about the one-on-one -on -one stuff, reaching out to people, but what's one of those methods that you've used to really make an impact with your show? The, well, number one, and I didn't realize it until it went away, was going to events. Mm -hmm. Because now yeah. that I've been going to events, I'm starting, I just, like I, I know I've, I said like five times, I just got back, but I just got back and I'm getting ready to leave to go another one. And when it's not there and then you start doing it and you see almost instantly, you know, people sending you email and they're like, oh, I, we met a couple of days ago and things like that. I didn't realize that effect. So if you have any way to attend and I, and I got some of that on virtual, but it, when you can tell me the eye color of your audience, you're in the right spot. Yeah. There's a, a, big, a big difference for that. Um, so that's one. And then the other one that I keep hearing and I'm trying to use, and it sounds like, nah, that can't be right, is to slowly, specifically, and confidently ask your audience to share the episode. And the reason for that, the reason I say that is people don't want to be salesy. They, they feel like they're a 1970s used car salesman that's selling you a bucket of bolts. So they go to tell you to share the show and it's like, Hey, you know, if, if you want, like, you don't have to, but like, maybe, I don't know, you know, the show it's the website is com. <laughs> what, uh, yeah. Thanks. And you're like, wait, what was that? But if they said, Hey, if you like this show, you know, we're 19 minutes in, if you know somebody that would like this content as well, could you do me a favor, man? It'd be, it just mean the world to me. If you could share that with this friend, that would be the best, you know, or just tell them to go to our website, whatever their website is.com. Mm. And I've known a few people that have been doing that. And they're like, yeah, I'm seeing my numbers go up. And so I always ask people that go, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to beg for money. I don't want to feel salesy. I was like, yeah, but if we go back to that stereotype of the 1970s used car guy, salesperson that's uh selling a bucket of bolts is your podcast a bucket of bolts and the answer is no no it's not well then you're not selling them you're helping them you're giving them a service so it's one of those things i get it i mean we're all kind of often in that boat we're like i don't want to push on people and i want to be nice and things like that I'm like yeah your podcast isn't a bucket of bolts so uh you know ask people to to share it and 
the people I know that are doing that are like, yeah, okay. I, Eric Newsom, who's a guy from NPR, wrote the book, Make Noise. And he says he's seen people grow their audience by 30% over a year just by slow, like, you know, don't mix it up. Don't, don't spend five minutes on it, but just, Hey, if you know somebody who would enjoy this, could you do me a favor and share this with them? Mm. That's it. And it, it's one of those where you're like, ah, there's gotta be more to it than that. And like, I don't know, give it a shot. I watched uh Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish uh, watch some documentaries on them and they both do the same thing. They like a Billie Eilish. And if you're not familiar with her, that just means you're not a 13 year old girl. Uh, but she's super popular. And when you go to her concert, it's just these, you know, young teenage girls crying and, and holding up Losing their phone it. to record the concert. <laughs> and she stopped and she's like, no, she's like, really, I need you to shut up for a second. And she stopped her concert. She's like, I just want to make sure you guys are okay. Cause without you guys, there's no me. And I was like, that's interesting. Slowly, specifically grabbing people's attention saying it clearly. Thank you in that case. And then I watched another one uh, on Taylor Swift and she did the exact same thing. Stopped wow. her concert and said, Hey, I just want to say thank you. This is, you know, this is why I do this. I love to connect with you. Um, Taylor Swift. I'll, I'll drop one other quick question. Try to do things that don't scale. That's oh, kind of been man. my motto this year. I love to do things that don't scale. And what Taylor Swift did, and I got this story from uh, Eric K. Johnson, who's the podcast talent coach. He works for iHeart. So he got like dad of the year because he took his daughter to a backstage event at a Taylor Swift concert. And he said where there are people like he said he went to one with Usher and Usher might as well have been a cardboard cutout because you walk in, you hand the security guy your phone. You do not talk to Usher. You stand next to Usher. He takes your picture, gives you your phone back and you are exited out. Taylor Swift he said, you walk in and it looked like a wedding. There are all these white tables, there's round tables, and everybody sat around them. And then Taylor came to you, but wait, there's more. So you you talk to Taylor for a little bit. She's there with her assistant. And he goes, then like, I don't know, a week later, you got a handwritten note where Taylor thanks you for coming and then talks about whatever you talked about. And I wow. went, that's insane. And I go, so somebody's <laughs> got a tape recorder somewhere going. I, you know, but it was just like, it was so personalized. I was like, and that's why she's Taylor Swift, you know? So yeah, uh, anything you can do that doesn't scale, give it a shot. So uh, I did that once I, I accidentally emailed my entire audience. I thought I was just sending it out to like 10 and my filter wasn't turned on. And so for two weeks I did like 30 minute, like just, Hey, I want to pick your brain. Mr. or Mrs. Audience person about <laughs> this topic. And I didn't, I, I expected to do like two or three days of it for like 10 people. And instead I did two weeks of it for quite, quite a few, but it gave me a much uh, more insight into why people were listening. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a really good mistake. So, but yeah, I wouldn't man. do that, you know, as always, but it was like, yeah, that doesn't scale. I don't have enough time to do that. I'm like, yeah, but the, the stuff I learned was, was, uh, great a so yeah man that's stuff you got to do in the beginning um those are some great strategies some great tips and examples as always dave thank you so much for being on the show always glad to talk to you my friend you may know you're listening to this show along the marketing podcast network but did you know there are other great shows on mpn to help your business carrie barrett hosts a great podcast called the viq project carrie tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening okay you know how you go to shoot a two-minute video except it takes two hours you hate yourself on camera you don't know what to do with it and so it doesn't perform you'll get all the tips and tricks you need to fix all of that 
on this podcast. Wow. We're going to be lining up for this. Where can people subscribe? You can find it on my website, which is carriebarry.com. You can also find it if you search the VIQ Project Podcast on YouTube. Of course, you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net, or you can subscribe and search for the VIQ Project Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.